Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Sports. I'm Jason Springer, joined in studio by Jeff Rutberg and Jeff Cohen. Back with you on 610 AM Sports ESPN Radio this week. Guys, we're back, ready to help you. everybody start their weekend, all the news in the world of sports to talk about. Blowout in basketball last night, hockey game, we got Stanley Cup Finals going. Thankfully, May is over for the Philadelphia Phillies. So many things to talk about. Jeff Rutberg, how are we doing this week? I'm doing great. I went to a Phillies game. How did that go for you? And the Phillies won. They did. Then the bottom of the ninth, it was really exciting. Are you their good luck charm? Uh, Maybe, maybe. But I want you to know I booed a player. Okay, we're going to talk about that more. Do you you believe that? We're going to talk more about that in in our second (laughs) segment about whether that was appropriate for Jeff Rutberg to go and, and boo at the baseball game. And yeah, I was, pr- and, and uh, it you wasn't proud. only me. And yes, and it proud. wasn't only me. There we'll, were a lot of people we'll, that were booing. We're going to talk about that, whether that was appropriate when we get to the second segment. So hold that thought. Well, hold You're, on. There couldn't have been that many people booing. Okay. Yeah, there were a number of people <laughs> booing. It wasn't <laughs> just me. Be gentle. I haven't even said hello to you, Jeff, yet, and you're already ripping on the Phillies. You know, come on, be nice. Let me, let me tell the callers if they'd like to join us. They can join us to talk about this and any other topics. Call in at 888-728-9941. Jeff Cohen, how are we this week? Man, this has been a tough week for the sports universe. Blowouts, blowups, and some reprehensible conduct against athletes. Let's find some sanity and answers. So you turn to me for that? Yes. I can't help you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to be very good helping you find sanity, but I can help you find the Phillies. So I don't know if there's anybody more excited that the, ca- that the calendar turned to June than the Philadelphia Phillies organization. When the Phillies landed in Los Angeles on April 28th, they had, been, they had won six in a row. Since then, they've lost 25 of 31 games with their worst May of 6-22 and 22 in 89 years. How's that for a ray of sunshine for you? That's rough. It's a and, tough, and, it, and it's not. It's that they're, they're struggling. It's not that they're not trying. It's not that, that, that they don't have talent. But they are really struggling to stay healthy. Well, I mean, let's talk about that for a second. Let's talk, talk, talk to our listeners about some of the injuries. What are we seeing with this team that when, we, when they started and they were undefeated with no losses to start the season that you didn't expect to happen? Well, the first injury is, is Vince Velasquez. That's I mean, your boy. That, that, that's my guy. Who's going to close now? Well, that's the problem. <laughs> I mean, when, when, when he went out, when he went out in that, I think it was after 1.1 innings, he goes out and you go, oh no. And then the next night, Aaron Nola goes out after three innings. And it just seems that they're falling quicker than they, and I, and I still think that something's wrong with Zach Eflin. I think that Physically. guy's, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he hasn't fully recovered and it's just going to take him time, but he, he is an accurate pitcher. He's really good. He's got a lot of talent and he has top of the rotation stuff. So I would like to be hopeful like you. But I am going to bring some numbers to this table, and then I'm going to ask Jeff Rutberg to react to what I say. So I hope Zach Eflin is injured because his ERA this season is nine. Okay? Nine. Wow. Jeremy Hellickson is 7.04. Jared Eikhoff is 6.08. Nick Pavetta, 565. Aaron Nola, 5.65. Is that for the month or for the year, all these ERAs? For the year. Is that right? Yes. They're, they're serving Ar- beach Aaron balls. Nola, 563, and Vinny Velasquez, 502. Your boy Vinny, who can't see the sixth inning to save his life some days. No, even has when the, he's good. Has the best ERA on the team at 502. Jeff Rutberg, how does that make you feel? I mean, it, it, it makes me feel uh, very bad, except that when, you know, when, when I go to a game, I like to see home runs. So, so you're okay the, with... I went, to the home, I went to the home run derby last uh, Saturday. 
when the Phillies played the Reds. There were five home runs between the two teams. And it's fun. At least the Phillies hit some home runs. But the next day, the Reds hit five home runs themselves. See, I like, it, I like it when my team hits home runs. R- yeah, I'm well, not quite as much of a fan when my pitcher is giving up three-run rockets right. that um, don't have a chance of being caught. And that's been a challenge for this young pitching staff mm-hmm. and this roster. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about the what we have in the minors for pitching reinforcements because of all of our injuries with Velasquez now on the DL um, you know, we'll see what, what the likelihood is that he comes back. And, and if and when he does come back, can he get to the sixth inning? I mean, that's... Uh, uh, well, I don't think that's ever going to happen. I mean, even when he had... You were, you were texting me during the game that he pitched last week really well. And the whole wait, time, wait, wait, wait. Really whole, well compared to how he's pitched in other games? I don't know. Uh, if I still had your text, I'd be reading the text about how Vinny had... He was having such a great start. And all I kept thinking is, he's still throwing 20 pitches an inning. So he could strike out all 15 batters he faces, but he'll have 100 pitches at the end of that, and then you still have four innings of relief that you need. Look, I was excited many years ago when I grew a half inch. I was still short, okay? <laughs> I didn't try and say that I was a tall Little person. Little did you know that was the last I, half I, inch. <laughs> that, was, that, that was my last chance. But that was I, I. That was the best that he had pitched in terms of his location in the strike yeah, zone. Uh-huh. He still doesn't have a second pitch, though, No, that he and, and, he, and he can't get people out in, in two or three pitches. Eflin was having a problem with his sinker. It wasn't sinking. <laughs> that is a problem. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's, so, so That's like was, a fastball not that, being fast. That's right. <laughs> that's and a so problem. They were hitting home runs. It, it's, you're going to have to figure out what you have and what you don't. I mean, look, this season is what it is. I, we can talk about what people's expectations were for the team, their record. That's fine. We could talk about that. Now's your chance to find out what you have. Okay, what do you have there that, that you is a piece to go forward? Who do you want to keep on this team as we go forward with this? I still think they have a jumble of about 10 starting pitchers that they have to figure out which of the out of those 10 are going to be their pitchers. The problem is that none of those pitchers are frontline guys. They're three, four, five guys. Yes. And, and I don't know. I mean, maybe you can go make it to the World Series if you have good enough hitting, if you have three or five quality pitchers but no ace they have no bulldog they don't i mean i thought eikoff would be the bulldog he just seemed to have that mentality he seemed to have the body type he had he has that nasty curveball i thought he was going to be the guy so what's the problem with him yeah i don't know what's happened i honestly don't know what the problem is but 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 it seems that mcclure is not helping these guys and mcclure seems to be pointing the finger a little bit at the catchers yes and 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 particularly Rupp, which is so, not quite leadership if you're a coach and you blame your players. Well, right, but Klentak, the general manager, said that uh, McClure's doing fine. Well, what well, else is he going to yeah. say until he fires him? He's going to, you know, that's like that's like the morning you get. I have full confidence. Some in the afternoon they're submitting a resignation. Yeah, letter. there's nothing worse so, you can ever get is than a vote then, of confidence. Yes, yeah, so I actually <laughs> never want anybody to say that I'm doing a good job yeah, because then I worry okay. like, oh really? You're what what fine, what are you what are you thinking about that, hey, Jason? No, just so you know, you're, you're doing, doing a good okay. job. Yeah. No, you're doing okay. <laughs> oh, okay, just okay. Because like, what'll happen is I'll go to break and you guys won't let me back in the studio right. or something like that. It so, locks. So I see what. Okay, so Jeff, this reminds you. I don't exactly remember. Remember this? I'm not from that era. This reminds you of the 1961 Phillies. Yes, the 1961 Phillies went 47 and 107. God, I hope that is not what happened. 
Yeah, and they they set all sorts of records for for losing. I yeah. understand they, why you're they, a little jaded now. Yeah, they they well, it was it was one of the first teams uh, that that I really paid attention to. I was a, I was a kid, and what I really a tough got way to start being yeah. a fan of a team. Right. So so they were uh, let's see, they were 17 games behind the seventh place uh, Cubs. <laughs> they were 60 games below 500 behind the seventh. How many years ago was that? Uh, 1961. 56 years ago. It right? was 1961. So, well, good things have happened since then. Uh, yeah, wait a minute. Yeah, they now expanded. They expanded the baseball schedule so you could lose more games. More, yeah, eight more games. Right. They, they, they won were, a World Series. A couple of them since then. Right. But they were last in the National League in batting average, home runs, RBIs, runs, earned run average, and attendance. And to cap it off, they lost 23 consecutive games. That's not going to happen. Did you guys, game. speaking of attendance, did you guys happen to see how few, I don't want to say how many people were at Marlins Park the other day for the Phillies? They're Marlins never game? there. 15,000? No, I, no, no, no. They're not were, not they're never 15, there. 000. I think that somebody went through and counted on Twitter in you the shot, hear, and there was like less than 1,500 people in the my stadium. My son and I were sitting there watching and, and noticing that you could actually listen to conversations in the stands. You could. Because there were so few people there. You literally, if somebody had given away a state secret, that you would have heard it on the air because there were only seven people. It's really tough. Uh, but it's always been like that. The Mar- I mean, the Marlins built this palace, which to me looks silly, but especially that thing You don't in like the, the fish thing no, that goes over in the outfield? No, I hate that thing in the outfield. outfield. And same thing with the aquarium behind So you don't plate. think that's as cool as the Liberty Bell that, that rings? No, no history the, to the, the fish? The Liberty Bell's you know, great. But the, but, the fish, but, short fish, that's not But if thing. you remember... When Roy Halladay pitched his perfect game, they were selling the tickets after the game because nobody was there. Well, they're—it's yeah, a tough fan base. Yeah, so it's a tough fan base, and but this fan base hasn't really been rewarded with that much. Let's look at some bright stop, spots real fast, though. Wait, 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 wait. wait. What, uh, what do you mean they haven't been rewarded that much? Now, in the last few couple of years, they haven't been rewarded. Marlins fans. Oh, Marlins fans. I thought you were talking about. I us. mean, they've had their world. They won more World Series than we have. Since yeah, well, they life. they buy a World they Series up, and then trade it out, tear it down. Right. Would, would That's you what Connie Mack used to Let do. me ask you guys a question. Would you prefer that as a fan? Yes. Would you prefer build it up and then be in purgatory? No. Or do you want like constant winning, like progress on? I wouldn't want if I were an Eagles fan, which I'm not. um, It. uh, Thanks for pointing that (laughs) out. I figured you were about to. So I I would never do anything Uh, like that. I I wouldn't want what Andy Reid had. I mean, I'd want it to end with the peak of of winning a World Series. But the way that the Phillies did it in our lifetime and within the last ten years was the right way to do it. You enjoyed that That, team. That was people you got to know. They grew with the team. You knew them from when they were babies, and then they came up and they they built it. And each, I mean, it was perfect. They went step by step by step, which led to a World Series, and then the second one. And you got to know and you got to care about those players. I wouldn't want rent-a-players. Jeff Ruppert, do you feel like there's any of those players in this system right now? That, that uh, you are Michael looking Saunders. forward to growing. I know you want to see Hoskins and right, um, right. and Cousins and some of those players. Is that yes. is that the next generation of yes, that, so. that hopefully creates that nucleus for the team? Yes. So so let's look at like we talked about the negative because it's been a tough month in May, but there were mm-hmm. a few bright spots. Okay, Aaron Altair. Mm-hmm. He's doing well. He 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 got a hit in the game that I was. Uh, he got a hit and he stole second base. And then uh, Joseph knocked him in with a single. So you didn't boo him. And no, no, and and he, the and the Phillies players uh, mobbed uh, Joseph as if they just won the World Series. The walk, the walk off. Yeah. Aaron, Aaron Altair is a five tool player. He he's he's got all the tools to be a really good. I don't. He's not going to hit 35, 40 home runs each year. 
but he plays great defense. He's got speed. He's got power. Why hasn't he's he put it, it together before? It took it. Sometimes it takes players longer than it takes other players. So you, you just sometimes it just has to click. You have to figure out your swing. And for him, they say the figuring out what's the swing was where he was positioning his hands. And once he began to trust himself, it all clicked. And well, it was this year. And it, if it clicked last year for a little bit, and then he got hurt. And then when he came back, it wasn't the same. Yeah, but that's but it turned out it was because his wrist. He wasn't was recovering. Yeah. Well, for the first part of this season, he's batting two ninety nine with a nine thirty six on base percentage and one hundred and forty four at bats. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be starting in center tonight because Herrera, Herrera is, is now sitting for the third time in four games. It, and, yay! And, well, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Yay. yay is not the right answer. Uh, yeah, I want yeah, him to play well. Yeah, you, I don't want him. That's to what I want. I want to. I want to see. Oduble play really well. The oh. problem is he is, I mean, between him and Frank, would you send them down? Are. There's been conversations apparently inside the organization about whether or about not to Franco, send, not, send Franco not down. Now, Herrera's got a contract that right. you can't send that five-year contract down to the minors. Well, would, you could send it down short term, but, but, but the question is, does it do more harm than it does good? And we don't know the personalities behind the scenes of those players. We have to trust management to say, this will be the right thing. It could kill a player. I mean, it, it may they may never recover from it. There are certain personalities. You know, Larry Broa now realizes to treat different players differently. Differently. And, and I think that's what we're going to have to trust management to do. I, I think it could be good, though. They go down and they work on their swing or work on whatever they needed to work on, and then they come back up and they do better. The problem is, although they are kids in terms of age, they are not kids. They, they have been to the major leagues, and you don't you don't know what Jeff said there, the psyche of the player, whether they come back up and do better. Let you hope you. it does. That's yeah. the that's the hope. That's why we, you would take the chance and say, they're struggling up here, let's send them down, give them a little time to get their head clear, let's let them get a little confidence, bring them back up. But here's the problem with that. Pitchers, it makes sense because when pitchers are sent down, they're sent down to usually learn a new pitch, which makes them a better. So pitcher. where's Vinny? Why isn't he sent down? No, but but he, <laughs> but the prop because they didn't think they had anything else at this time. <laughs> the, but with batters, there's nothing that they're going to do in the minor leagues that they couldn't do in the major leagues. They're still going to play a baseball game. They're still going to do batting practice. It 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 doesn't change by sending them down except to hurt the morale. Maybe what the fans should do, like me, is uh, with each batter to give them a standing ovation each time they come up and, and cheer them on. We're going to talk more about that in the second segment because I, I do think that the way that fans react at games, fan behavior, athlete behavior, sort of etiquette in sports in general is an interesting topic that, yeah, okay. that when you brought it up earlier this week, it got me thinking about it. So let's, let's go back to the players real fast. Another bright spot. Mm-hmm. Relievers got it together at the end of the month. Yeah. The bullpen. Mm-hmm. They had a zero ERA since May 15th. Neris, yeah, I mean, there's still a couple guys that are not that are not in the right roles. Neris finished May with one earned run in 11 and two-thirds innings. Nishak has allowed just one run in 21 yeah, outings. He's been great. He may be he, the only all-star for the Phillies. Yeah. Should they trade him? No. You're not winning anything. No. You're not winning anything. Why would you want to hold on to him? That's that's my question. He's the only one that uh, is doing any good. But good. but here's my question: Does it matter? Do you need somebody on the team to do good I, now? I, You're not I, winning. The Philly the Phillies are going to be, I think, in wheeler dealer mo- mode this summer. I think that they have to figure this out. They're going to have to decide: Do they do they trade Franco or not? They're going to have to decide what they're going to do with Herrera. They're going to have to decide what they're going to do with Cesar Hernandez because there's a guy in Double A, Scott Kingery, who I mentioned last week. 
who I don't know how the guy's doing it. He has 17 home runs, and which is more than anybody in professional baseball at any level. And he's just tearing it up, and I haven't figured out why he's not in AAA yet. All right, let's continue with the farm report, uh-huh. okay? Not only is he not in AAA, but now you're starting to see reports that they may move him but they to haven't play yet. third base some in well, AAA. Or, no, they, or, or the they third... may move Caesar. The, I don't know. Kingery, is, it's unusual that you are a second baseman when you get to minor league baseball. Usually that that decision's made once you get there. Because you don't have an arm to play the other position. You don't have a strong enough arm. Kingery seems to have been a second baseman even when he was drafted. He played. I think he played college baseball. Did they just know he didn't have an arm? I I haven't (laughs) seen him throw it from third base, but I saw him last week, and he played a great second base, and he hits, and he has a beautiful switch. He has what Chase Utley has. There's something about this guy that I think he could be. Yeah, but but he's double-A. So you don't know what he's going to do, but holding him back in double-A doesn't make sense now. There was a guy named Valentin who was in AAA, so they needed to give both of them time. He get in, Valentin's out for he's, the rest he's of the injured. season. So now it's an opportunity for you to see if Kingery can play right. there and move him up to AAA. All the AAA guys are, are hitting. Are hitting. Okay, it's so ridiculous. let's let's get into that. Uh, Jeff, you want to see Cousins and Hoskins. Cousins sure. is absolutely clobbering the ball. He was miserable in April, but now he, he hit 330 but, in May with nine home runs. But he's an outfielder, right? Yep. Yeah. All right. We can so, use outfielders. Don't worry. We'll, we'll take him. We've got to take uh, get Roman Quinn back up first. So Quinn's batting, he batted 286 in May with a 363 on base percentage. So again, some of these players that have been struggling, even Crawford's figuring it out a little bit. You went to a minor league game. I went to night. an iron, I went to a, a, a Reading game, and then I went to an Iron Pigs game on Saturday. And they had 12 runs. Everybody was hitting the cover off the ball. But Crawford looked good for the first time this year. He actually was drilling the ball. Okay. And we have two minutes to break. Tell me what you saw from the pitching staff in the minor leagues. Well, Is there any hope for me? Well, because I got pitchers I that Lively. have a nine ERA right now on my staff, and that's not good. Well, enough. the next the next guy up is is lively, and that's who started the game that I went to, and he had eight innings, one earned run. Un- 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 but what's run. his stuff? He's, he's he's an accurate pitcher. He's got a fastball he's that's got, not fast. It's ninety one, ninety two. Again, so compared, it, to, but again, we get into sports where ninety one miles an hour is not fast. Just like five eight is short. But you know what? <laughs> There's a guy on the Roy that was on the Royals. Uh, I forget where he is now. That he throws like eighty four. Okay. And everybody apparently is going to go for him at the deadline because he is deadly accurate. Okay. So lively. What else is there down on the farm that's going to make Jeff Rupperg and I feel better that we are not going to be serving up home runs? Well, last week I would have said Pinto, but then Pinto came up and got clobbered. <laughs> um, you're killing me, Jeff. Pavetta's down there. He's going to come back up eventually. And you got Eflin down there. And you got Jake Thompson, Jake Thompson. And, and Apple but, or Appel. But I, I Isn't just don't Thompson see supposed to be the real deal? Wasn't he supposed yeah, to be? Didn't he was, do well last year. He was year. the second of the pitchers in the Cole Hamels trade. Okay. I mean, uh, Eikhoff is the, is the, the good pitcher from that. All right, Jeff, why don't you take us I, to break and then we'll come back. All right, okay. Uh, you're listening to The Heart of Sports. On 610 AM Sports, when we return, we'll talk a little bit more about the Phillies, and we'll also talk about fan behavior, booing players like I did, (laughs) and pitchers who purposely try to hit batters. Stay right here. 
Are you looking for a lifeline? Verizon New Jersey Shares Communication Lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in New Jersey, those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at 1-888-337-3339 or visit on the web at www.NewJerseyShares.org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember, you must be a Verizon Residential Landline customer to apply for eligible programs. That's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open for you and your family. Let me tell you, buying or selling a home is a life-changing decision. Whether you're looking for your first home or searching for your forever home, Ann Coons is the realtor you need. In fact, she helped my wife and I settle into our forever home. With over 30 years helping satisfied clients buy and sell homes in the Delaware Valley, Ann Coons will give you the professional and reliable service you deserve. When it's time to buy or sell a home in South Jersey or Philadelphia, contact Ann Coons, the only name you need to know in real estate. You can call Ann Coons today at 856-795-4709. Again, that's 856-795-4709. Or learn more on the web at www.annkoonsrealestate.com. And we're back. This is the Heart of Sports on 610 AM. I'm Jeff Rutberg with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen. And if you'd like to call and join in on the conversation, the number is 888-728-9941. Okay, Jeff Rutberg. Right. You went to a Phillies game. Yes. You were not satisfied with the effort or the... The win. The win or the, <laughs> well, the play... Like happy with the, the win. The play of the player, and you decided to boo. I booed. Right okay, so. explain to the listeners what happened. Hold on one sec with your boo. Was that you? No, no, that, that wasn't I, that loud. I can hear him in that. That's were, not you. I think were that you, was you. Were, were you booing me this just now? Or no, you, I would were, never boo you. Okay. So explain what so, happened. What made you well, boo? Well, it was Herrera. Okay. And he just goes up and he flails at the ball. And, he, and then there's runners on base and it's a close game and it was, it was tied. In fact, actually, when he came up the first time, Phillies were ahead. And it just didn't look like he was even trying. It was really frustrating. He just went back to the bench like uh, with his head down. And it wasn't just me. There was a whole group of us that were that were booing him. Okay. So That's, I have never understood the boo. Well, I, I don't. I understand the boo to voice displeasure with the other team or with the booing player. the Cowboys is, is acceptable. Right. Yeah, yes, I right, believe okay. it is totally acceptable to boo the Cowboys. I don't understand what good it does to boo a struggling player who is trying to fix it. If well, they're not the, showing effort. They're not showing they didn't show so any effort. So you didn't think that Herrera was showing effort. Absolutely. What, what, not. what what did he not do that he didn't show effort? Not in your game while you were there. What did Herrera do? He I I don't remember whether he grounded out weakly or it just hit a pop up. Didn't or run it out. Didn't, he, so you he just didn't like the play. I just didn't like the play and, and it, it and the second time he did the, he did another he, he also didn't knock a run in and he just he just whiffed and I and I went, What so does are that you help doing the, up? Does that help the did player? He, did he strike out? Yeah, I think he struck out the second so, time. So, did you think he wasn't trying to hit the ball? Uh, Come I, on, I, I, he's trying to hit. He's the trying ball. to hit the ball, but he he didn't. Have you have you ever tried hitting major league pitching? Yeah, yeah, uh, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Wait, wait, wait. I, what, I try what, to strike out. <laughs> but listen, I I understand that trying to hit a baseball coming at you at 100 miles an hour is one of the hardest things to do in in sports. 
but I just didn't think he was giving it a, his best shot. Based and on I, what? Based that, on what? what I, I based know. on what I saw. Be, that's because all. because that's my issue is that most times that people are booing, it's because they don't know what what's going on up there, and and it frustrates me. I've I've never booed any of my own players. I've been frustrated. I my, wife, my wife pointed out the other day that I was sitting in front of the TV going, oh, come on. She oh, goes, I do that's that. That's the same thing as booing. I'm like, no, it's not. I do that if, all the time. If I'm at a game and I'm there to see my team, there is absolutely no point in booing unless they're really dogging it. Or well, unless, but, and, and I don't think that Herrera is dogging and it. And let's, let's, well, before we continue, let's, let's specify you paid for your seat or you got your seat. You certainly have the right Nobody said. to do anything that does not get you ejected from the stadium. Yeah, but that, that's a red herring argument because nobody's saying that you don't have the right but to do But that's normally the response that you hear when you talk about booing is, Fine, I paid my money go, and I can do that. And, and, and what does it accomplish? When you're, that's always my question. When you're at a game to see your team, the goal is to see your team win. Yes. Right. How does that? How does booing a player who didn't do something positive but would tried his hardest? How is that advancing the purpose of helping your team win? It lets him know that people are displeased with what he's doing. He already. You don't think that he's displeased? The, well, the mentality of know. the mentality of a professional athlete. There is no way that you're going to beat them up more than they already beat themselves. Now, just, I will. I will say there are times where players don't run a play out. Don't show effort. That's fine. Don't, don't hustle. But that's, I don't think that's what's going on. That's with this a time. Team. No, I don't see that with this Phillies team. I mean, you occasionally see the player not running out. They're disciplined. It doesn't seem to me like Herrera doesn't want to hit the ball. It seems like he's lost out there. Right. He's lurching at everything. His strike zone so is, is enormous. They are both swinging out of their shoes and almost mm -hmm. falling over. And, and their batting helmets are falling off. That's over trying. But not, I don't. Not th and that's the thing. Slacking. I don't think that they're not trying. And that's why I wouldn't that but I guess I'm kind of in the minority like I go to a game and something bad happens and everybody around me is booing the player and I'm sitting there going well how's that gonna help I don't well, th I don't well, think it's as many as people as you think I, I mean well, there you, aren't you, that many people there you, right now so you you hear the people booing because they're loud but what I notice more and more the is squeaky that, wheel gets the grease Jeff. Yeah, come on right so everybody turns and looks at that person yes. but 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 I think that most people turn and look at him and shake say, their head. Do you mean to say that everybody turned and looked at Jeff? Oh, yeah, like there are people that. around me yeah. yeah and they were and, and Rob and my wife says Oh, what's the matter with you? What are you doing? <laughs> Robin's gonna Yay, walk. Robin. Your wife's gonna walk around with a boo track. When, when you're gonna go do something, all of a sudden you're gonna hear let, let me boo. Did you ever look, see look. the Seinfeld episode where he goes to somebody's place of work and heckles them? Yeah, yeah. That's so. so that's Robin's gonna, gonna start do. doing that to you, Jeff. So listen. Um, some years ago, I'm I'm sitting uh, behind the uh, Phillies uh, dugout. And, booing uh, or not no? Booing. No, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah what, what happened is the Phillies are playing the Braves. The Phillies are winning by a couple runs. And the, you were booing. And the, wait, the Braves got the bases loaded, and Antonio Bastardo's. In oh, okay. Now okay. I understand no. why you're booing. So now wait, I, wait, I, I, I couldn't stand. This. I couldn't stand him anyway. <laughs> and I knew. And McCann came up to the catcher from the Braves. I knew he was going to hit a home run. And it was just and and ball because well, he always and, kills and, the right. Right, and 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 I'm and I'm standing up. So you nobody, booted, nobody you booted sta in advance. Nobody's standing up around me, and I'm going, "Get him out!" Of I'm screaming for Charlie Manuel to get him out of there. Get him out! He's going to give up a grand slam, and sure enough, and and the next pitch almost, you know, went went out, and. Um, and I stand up again, get him out of there, go sit down, sit down. So the first one was so another, effective. Go play another base. Do, go to do something. Switch with the catcher. Did and, it work? And No, he, he served up the grand slam with the okay, next Okay, so pitch. that gets to my question, uh, yeah. though. Jeff asked the question, did it work? 
No. So why do you no, keep going no. back well, and doing well, it? They, uh, That's the, what I don't the, understand. The funny, and I'm not and I don't direct that just at you, Jeff. You like, could I'm not sitting saying, right next to the dugout. Like I'm not saying well, why do you, Jeff Rutberg, do it? I'm saying in general, why do people do it when they go and they boo and they boo and then a home runs launch and then the guy comes up next time and they boo again and it's like, well, well did I'm it not work saying last I'm not time? saying this is Jeff's motivation, but for a lot of people it's because they think that the ticket entitles them to be part of the show. Right, and, and and those people, you know, you should roll your eyes at because well, you're paying a ticket to watch them. They're the show. You're not part of it. You have no impact on it in a, in a negative way. But you could have a positive impact on them because if somebody, just human nature, if somebody's down, you know, if it, people cheer them, there's a chance that it could get them out of a funk. But if you're going to boo somebody who's already in a funk, it will have absolutely no effect. Jeff, do you want to go? Um, I, we talked about this in the football season. I believed it was unacceptable. Um, I will believe it's unacceptable in baseball. Are you looking for another team to cheer for so you don't have to boo the Phillies? Just to keep my sanity, I, I usually pick the Yankees, uh, but in June. Oh, you're killing me. The, yeah, that's because they win. They're in first place boo right now. Boo that man. Yeah. They're they're in first place. Boo I, that man. <laughs> or I like the Cubs. I like other, you know. I'll even root for the Mets, but they're not doing well either. Boo so. that man! So you, you deserve to be booed for that. You uh, can't you can't change on your team. You oh, gotta no, no, struggle oh, no, with not, the rest it's, of us. It's not it's not that I'm gonna boo the Phillies. It's just that I'm gonna you're gonna root for somebody root else. For somebody else. And in what happens when, to the Phillies. And what happens when they play the Phillies? Well, then I'll root for the Phillies. Okay. All right. Boo that man. Come on, Brad. That's right. All right. Now, do you feel like you're gonna perform better? Are you going to do a better show now that we've booed you? Are you inspired to be <laughs> I'm, better I'm, on the mic I'm, I'm when we come back I'm after the break? I'm inspired on the next topic. You're yeah, inspired on the next topic. something that I know Jeff Cohen and I disagree with. Okay, so it's time to talk a little beanball. Yeah. And I love Major League, and I love Bob Uecker, so I want to introduce this segment with this clip real fast. Just a bit outside. So you know what wasn't outside the other day? Uh, the pitch at Bryce Harper, where he then charged the mound, threw punches. So I have my two Jeffs here in the studio, and they do not agree on throwing at players. Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> you, you don't agree at all on it. And that's okay. We've had yeah. that conversation before. So I'm going to start it with that, and then we're going to move it into the example it sets for other people. Jeff Rupperg, did you believe it was okay for Bryce Harper to be thrown at three years after the pitcher gave up a home run because the pitcher was salty that he gave up the home run? No. Two. That was foolish. It was two years later. Right? Okay. It was foolish. And see, the, uh, each a player— Come on. Batter, I thought you were going to disagree. A, a, what do you mean, no? A, bat, a batter's job is to get on base. Okay. Okay? The pitcher has to get him out. Now, if the pitcher—if if the guy's crowding the plate, you brush him back. Okay. That's all. Now, let me ex let me read something to you from from the uh, from the inquirer from the other day about Jim Bunning, who passed away recently. Okay. Okay. Terrific Phillies player. Uh, uh, Larry Bow was telling a story about uh, when uh, Bun uh, Bunning hit Ron Hunt with a slow breaking ball. Ron Hunt was a career two seventy three uh, batter, except against the Phillies where he hit four hundred. Okay. Something like that. So why did he hit him? And so so he he didn't get out of the way of a slow breaking ball. So uh, when uh, Bunning wasn't happy with the uh, fact that he, uh, Hunt failed to get out, the, out of the way, he said, Ronnie, if you want to get hit, I'll hit you next time, and it won't be a breaking ball. So Boa said, and he, and he drilled him in the ribs next time. Okay. All right. And so that's okay I think, I think that's funny. That's okay really to you funny. because yeah. he got warned. Okay, Jeff I Cohen. Think, I don't think that's Jeff funny Jeff Cohen, you find no humor in that, but 
there's part of a reason why you find no humor in that is that you coach young athletes. So it's as much about well, the stupidity of the rules of baseball and this brushback stuff as it is for you the example that it sets for kids playing, correct? Yes. The, well, the first point is if you throw a ball, a baseball, 90 miles an hour, 100 miles an hour at someone's ribs, they can break. You, right, you, yes. you, you should not be trying to ruin somebody's career. No, no, that's well, true. Well, then it's right. not funny. Well, it's, that, it's that simple. But with regard to what it teaches the youth of America is whether or not Charles Barkley likes it or not, I, and I wish it weren't the case, athletes are role models. And kids emulate role models and athletes. Look, I guarantee you almost everybody who's listening has pretended to be Tom Brady throwing a touchdown pass in the last second, P.K. Subin making an overtime goal, Mike Trout hitting a walk-off home run, or Michael Jordan making a last-second basket. Or Jim Bunning pitching. I don't think they're emulating Jim Bunning throwing at somebody. But Jim Bunning pitching for strikeouts. Sure. Not Jim Bunning brushing somebody off the plate. Right. So 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 my point is, is if people start throwing at each other, then kids are going to start emulating that. And and anybody that tells me that's not true, having coached for a decade in in competitive baseball and coached in hockey and coached in basketball, I'm telling you, it happens. I've had seven, eight year old kids throw at other kids and I've had to pull them out of the game and they say major league baseball players do it. Why can't I? I've seen kids get hurt from baseballs. And and what is it teaching? And it's not just the injury. It's sportsmanship. And anybody who sits there and says they're sick and tired of the crybaby athlete, which is not a majority of them, but again, squeaky wheel, those same people that have a problem with squeaky wheel athletes that are crybabies, they became that way because they don't have sportsmanship. And, and I'm telling you, you need to establish that with these professional athletes because then it goes down to the kids. Well, regarding Harper, so Harper gets hit. No, he's got he's awarded first base. But what does he do? He goes after the pitcher. So he gets himself thrown out of that game and three more games, and Strickland gets himself thrown out of uh, what six games or something like that. Four. And, and, and I don't. And I don't. And I, con- I don't condone fighting. But the fact of the matter is Strickland threw at him because he hit two home runs, did his job. And and I've seen article and after article. And my thing article, is Strickland should just do his job and not give up the home run. And then he won't have to retaliate two years later. Right. And, and Strickland was a baby about it. And, and Strickland wouldn't have been punished if Harper hadn't gone there and done something. Right, exactly. Well, so so don't tell me that, that Bryce Harper did something wrong. He did. When, no. Well, he I, did. He his career put, was in jeopardy because ju- of some idiot who threw a baseball okay. at he someone. Did, he, I'm going to I'm going to disagree with you there. I'll let Rupper go first, but then I'm going to take it. Obviously wasn't hurt because if he can run out and throw some pitches, he should have just brushed himself off and gotten to first base and he would have gotten even with him if he had scored a run. I don't think it well, does. Well, no, the guy the, somebody got on base for him anyway. I don't think it does any good for his team what he did in reaction. I, look, I don't want to be a target, I'm not, I'm but saying, now he's out for a couple games. Look, the pitcher's going to miss miss two starts. Harper's out four games that was reduced to three. Harper's out longer in retaliation than the guy who threw at him in the but initial. But here's, the, here's the deal. These pitchers are cowards. 
because these pitchers would not do this. Yes, you have a solution to this. Yes, I do. What's your solution? The solution to this is that every every single time a pitcher hits a batter, the next inning, he immediately has to bat. First batter of the inning. I, I will bet you any amount of money that no pitcher will ever intentionally hit a batter ever again. So you've decided that a pitcher is an acceptable target if another pitcher is throwing, but another player is no, not. No, I'm saying that pitchers only do it because there's no consequence to them. Why do you think Buster Posey didn't run out to defend Strickland? Because Posey's sitting there thinking, <laughs> he got ripped for I'm going to get nailed next <laughs> inning. He got ripped for that, too, for not going out there and... And I, getting I, into he, got, he may have gotten ripped by some people, but I think in general, I think people, most people understood that his pitcher was the pitcher was the one that was being selfish. Jeff Rupperg, do you feel any different about throwing at players after hearing Jeff Cohen's argument? Um, no. <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, when, here's every time a batter gets up, yes. they're a target. Okay, they're, they've got to face the, this pitcher well, staring t- down at them, intimidating, and throwing this no, projectile. No, no, they're not a target. The catcher's mitt is a target. The right. strike zone is a target. Okay, so the guy, if the guy's standing over the plate in the strike zone, he's a target. Otherwise, the pitcher's supposed to be so skilled as a Major League Baseball player that he can hit with pinpoint accuracy the corner of the plate and cover the, the black on the side. Hey, it, shouldn't be, it shouldn't be that a guy's three feet off the plate in the batter's box and somebody's plugging him in the right butt cheek. Wait, well, or the head. head. Or, or, yeah, well, no, <laughs> certainly not the head. But here's the thing. Whoa, whoa. Was, Last the, week you said it was okay to no, throw their chin. N- at, not at, yes, you not, did. Well, chin not is their head. One inch away can we, is can we do the knee bone is connected to the, to the other the, bone? <laughs> I, th- I think that pitchers need to learn to throw it inside for strikes or to get the get – the, in, in, uh, but uh, help to get the batter to swing at it. But that's different than throwing at people. Well, I don't, I don't want uh, them I to believe, throw at it. I believe, throw at them, no. I believe that pitchers need to be able to control the plate if they're a good pitcher. Yes. But the and difference between a great pitcher and a good pitcher, the good pitcher tries to control the inside of the plate and hits the guy. The great pitcher controls the inside of the hey, plate. As, as, well, we, as we go into a, a break, I just want to say one thing because sportsmanship matters. Little League has a motto. What is it? Courage, character, loyalty. I would have failed all The Olympics has an oath. In the name of all competitors, I promise we shall take part in these Olympic Games, respecting and abiding by the rules that govern them, committing ourselves to a sport without doping and without drugs, in the true spirit of sportsmanship, for the glory of the sport and the honor of our teams. The Special Olympics has a motto. Sportsmanship and code of conduct for all. And anybody who encourages... Or thinks it's okay to throw a, proje- a hard projectile at someone, is that is not sportsmanship. That's right. So I want the play- pitchers to throw it inside, and the batters either learn to hit them inside or they learn to get out of the way. Uh, again, they shouldn't have to get out of the way if the pitcher throws it inside well. If the pitcher is accurate, then they should just have to deal with taking the inside pitch and mistakes and happen they do well, but these, are, sure. mistakes. these aren't mistakes these are purpose well, these pitches these no. are purpose pitches that serve no purpose right and and that's what statement are you making what statement did the giants pitcher make 
you know what he was an idiot. Made? Hey, he an idiot. you guys all missed me give up a home run two years ago. Let's have him replay it over and over again yeah. so you know why he charged and took a punch at me. That's the statement he made. He didn't help he his He made team. a mistake and he couldn't own up to it. Yes, and it. instead he yeah. compounded it by mm -hmm. making it even worse. Jeff, why don't you take us out to break? <laughs> we're not going to agree on this, are we? Nope, Jeff? that's we're why we're going to break. Uh, <laughs> you're listening to the Heart of Sports on 610 AM Sports. When we come back, we'll talk about the value of one of the worst teams in the NBA. Who could you be and, talking about? And how about? They're, it's rising despite all their losing. Trust the process. Yeah, Trust the can, process. Can you guess who that is? <laughs> we'll be right back. Are you looking for a lifeline? Verizon New Jersey Shares Communication Lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in New Jersey, those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at 1-888-337-3339 or visit on the web at www.NewJerseyShares.org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember, you must be a Verizon Residential Landline customer to apply for eligible programs. That's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open for you and your family. Let me tell you, buying or selling a home is a life-changing decision. Whether you're looking for your first home or searching for your forever home, Ann Coons is the realtor you need. In fact, she helped my wife and I settle into our forever home. With over 30 years helping satisfied clients buy and sell homes in the Delaware Valley, Ann Coons will give you the professional and reliable service you deserve. When it's time to buy or sell a home in South Jersey or Philadelphia, contact Ann Coons, the only name you need to know in real estate. You can call Ann Coons today at 856-795-4709. Again, that's 856-795-4709. Or learn more on the web at www.annkoonsrealestate.com. Great to be back with you on the Heart of Sports on 610 AM Sports. I'm Jeff Rutberg, along with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen. If you'd like to call us, give us a call at 888-728-9941. Jeff, you did a little reading the other day, right? Yes. You opened the Inquirer and you were informed that uh, the Sixers have trusted the process all the way to being worth a lot of money. $800 million. Yeah, I don't quite have that in my bank account. No, so they were they were bought for $287 million in 2011. Okay. And it's going up and up and up each, you know, well, just about each I year. I know you hate the word asset, but their <laughs> owners do buy troubled assets. That's yes, what they, they do. do. Yeah, injured players. and uh, But that's yeah. what they do like as a business. They And so it looks like they've turned around a troubled asset in terms of the financials. Right. Right. Yes, yeah. Not in terms of the team play yet. No. Now they were helped along a lot by the new revenue from the TV contract. Sure. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. That that certainly helped basketball. That's a big part of it. It, yes. is, it is a big part of it. So, does that bother you as a fan that your team is worth that much money and you don't feel like the product is worth that on the court? Um, no. No. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. Um, they have the money to spend on free agents, but mm -hmm. they just can't seem to evaluate talent. So that's why they're not winning. Okay. So, so you'd rather them not spend it than sign crappy people? Yes, that's true. <laughs> I'd yeah, I think them, so, yeah. I'd rather them hire people to find good people. <laughs> but, but I, I, I never have a problem with, them sp with a team spending money and it turning out to be a mistake. I got a problem with the fact that the team's value is skyrocketing while they don't. The Sixers have to keep bringing in these 10-day contracts 
yeah. because they're at the floor. What did they're, Brett Brown call them two years ago? A band of gypsies? <laughs> yes, Something right. Like yes, that. Yeah. They they literally are spending the minimum that is mandated by the NBA. They have plenty of other. No, no. Runs. They only did that by taking on large contracts right. that they would then cut. Right. So they would. So that was the, the first one that they could have spent money on was Noel, and they traded him for what turned out to be a useless second round pick. Who, by the way. You could say useless second-round pick, but reports are that there's a couple teams that are interested in offering him a max deal. Right. And let's be honest, the Sixers were not going to do that. So, Well, well it, that's stupid then. Why Why would you take him as a first-round first pick? That's a separate invest question. Invest all that money into him. You have the cash That's there, a separate question. And then not pay him. I, I didn't say that they should have drafted him. I said they weren't going to extend him. They still haven't extended anybody that they've drafted through the Hinky era. Right. Well, somebody somebody needs to be extended at some point instead of keep dumping well, your them off hope so you can is spend that the minimum. Joel Embiid is healthy and he's the guy you extend. Jeff, how does that Just value one? compare to other teams? Uh, the the Knicks, they're the Knicks uh, rank as the most valuable NBA team at three point three billion. So yeah, the Sixers aren't quite there. Well, yet. hold on, but a big reason for that is mm-hmm. one, they're in New York, Madison so the, Square Garden, and, and they own Madison Square Garden. Yes, right. So and so you have you to factor that into you have to factor that in the numbers. Okay, so. The Sixers already have set a franchise record for season ticket sales, correct? Right, 13,000 so far. So, uh, 13, so why do they keep calling me? I don't know why. They <laughs> well, because they would you, like yeah. 13,002 tickets <laughs> yes. sold and or 13,004. But, but think <laughs> about Something's this. wrong with that number. <laughs> right, so they have all this money, but they've only had one winning season in the last uh, 12. That's 2011, 2012. They've only won 26.6% of all their games since then. And they're still losing, and they have all this money. And so you so are... So why, why don't you have a problem with that? Well, I have a problem with not winning. But you don't have a problem with the fact that their numbers care. are... I don't care how much money they have. I want them to win. They're not. Well, what they're doing is they bought a distressed entity, and they're going to suck all the money out of it, and you watch. Then they'll sell it for a maximum value. And okay. you will never see I, a win enjoyed, with these guys owning it. I enjoyed, I think, Jeff, you put it in that Keith Pompey's quote was that it's easy to see why owner, the ownership group is trusting <laughs> the process. <laughs> that, was, that was a good line from Pompey there. Okay. I think Joel Embiid... And the ownership group have a different idea or a different of trusting, of the trusting the process yes, or exactly. what the process is. Okay, right. let's talk for a second about the process. Um, should what, the, what should the Sixers be doing with the number three overall pick? Again this week, we saw talk of your boy LeVar. <laughs> Not LeVar Alonzo. Well, but the Jeff's boy is LeVar. Yeah. He loves he him some LeVar points. Ball. Yeah. Uh, Lonzo Ball, is he going to work out for the Sixers? Is he going to work out for the I Lakers? Haven't, I haven't seen him work out for the Sixers yet. I haven't seen him work out for anybody yet. The Lakers, I think. Okay. But, or but, he's going to. But if it, LeVar Ball still has two kids in high school, so he has to stay in L.A. For, to care for them. So he can't be in Philly coaching Lonzo and be with his younger kids at the same time. You know they make cell phones and video chats, right? Okay, so, like to think but, that Lavar Ball is not going to be involved in Eric this nonsense. His parents here. didn't live in Philly. Yeah, but 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 at some point, if if they pick Lonzo and and, and he actually comes here, he's going to be under the tutelage of uh, of Brett Brown. No, he's not. He's going to stay out there and he's going to work out there in the off season, and then he'll come here when the season starts. But eventually, have to pra- go to practice with the Sixers nobody, unless he unless he pulls an Iverson. Nobody nobody said that he's not. He doesn't come to practice. Nobody said that he doesn't work hard. The problem is, is that his father will not be away from that scene. 
it's the personality of the father that seems to concern people. Uh, Jeff Ruppberg, I don't know if you saw the video, Jeff Cohen, I know you did, of LeVar inspiring yeah. his um, youth basketball team to a 52-point loss. That, that, that was not sportsmanship. No, and he right. was screaming at the kids, and there was no lessons being taught from a coach to players there. It was... Um, all about personalities. Does he have? Does he have the kids wearing his brand? Of course, they're all uh, big see, baller. It, it, it really, it's nauseating. <laughs> Everything is big baller. Yeah. Uh huh. You know what isn't big baller? Him. The NBA playoffs is not big baller. Oh, oh it's terrible. Oh. It's bad. It's yeah. over. Yeah, well, it, it really is. We it, only had game one. No, but here's here's the problem with the NBA playoffs, and the odd thing is, it's being said by the Cavaliers players and coaches. They sounded very defeated after the game last. They night. were asked. LeBron was asked, "What's the difference?" And what ha- What you know? What made this game difference? And he just said, "KD." Yeah. Well, and that's so. And, game one was last night. Started late, which again I have an argument with. If you're trying to build a fan base, what kids are staying up until midnight to watch your product? You're starting the game at nine o'clock. It made no sense to me. Again, I get it. I understand West Coast. I'm going to bitch about that every week. Mm-hmm. I can't help it. It's a pet peeve of mine that you can't grow an audience if your audience can't stay awake to watch it. And seeing so is your solution out of the games earlier, or do you want to get rid of like the difference in time zones? <laughs> well, I, I, can't, I can't change time zones. But I, I, I just think that they need to make sure that they're conscious of who their audience is. Well, actually, for this, they, they don't, they're not going to have an audience. I mean, uh, the only reason people are going to tune in to watch the series is LeBron and KD at this point because there is no series. If you watch So do you it, think it's a four-game sweep? Yeah. Well, inle- unless in Cleveland they win one game because for some reason there's a, there's a pity party by, uh, by Golden State. But it, it's, it's ridiculous. What this... What that move of Kevin Durant did, it's not super teams. We've always had super teams. The real problem is, is that by Kevin Durant moving over, we went from having four teams that could win it all to now one. Because when you had Durant in Oklahoma City, they had a shot. You had San Antonio who had a shot. You had Golden State who had a shot. And in the East, all you had was Cleveland who had a shot. Kevin Durant changed the balance of power. I'm not saying he did anything wrong. He had the right to go wherever he wants to go, and San Francisco is an amazing place to live. But that one move changed the balance of power to make Golden State so much better than any other team. Well, and the challenge for other teams is now that he's with them, he can re-sign for a max deal with them. And if you look at it, other than KD, they've actually drafted right. Golden State built the team the way that you'd want to between right. the play, you know Barnes and Green and Curry and Thompson they drafted right and who was behind that who was behind that i think that Jerry West is their consultant yeah oh hey. and it seems wherever good. that guy goes it, wow. even if he's just a consultant he's got the magic touch well let's look at it the warriors have now won uh, 13 games in a row which is the tied for the longest in nba postseason history with the 88 89 lakers and last year's cavs uh, with the loss last night, LeBron James is now 1-7 in, in Game 1s of his NBA Finals career. The Warriors tied an NBA record for the fewest turnovers in an NBA Finals with just four. LeBron had eight himself. <laughs> the Cavs had 20 turnovers. If you look at it, that's actually the widest gap between two teams in 30 years of the Finals, 20 turnovers to four. So they had a bad game. There's another game coming up. So you are hopeful and optimistic that 
Cleveland will put forth a better effort. Because yes. I, I think that Cleveland was shocked by what they played last night. They played teams in the East. They were we, shell they, they blew it out wasn't. teams in the East leading up to the finals that were subpar compared to what they saw on that basketball court last night against okay, Golden so State. Golden, they just were oh. not prepared at all. How, how can they make it a series? Because, because Find somebody what? to guard KD. That okay. So I mean, unless you're then you have Steph Curry, then you have Clay Thomas, then you have Dray, Draymond Green. That's the problem. There's you can't guard Look, all of. If them. I'm the Sixers, I'm calling Golden State for Clay Thompson. He's the odd man out in that rotation. If you keep KD, mm-hmm. I'm calling to try and get him. He's my shooter off the wing. I put him there for the next ten years, and I'm a happy guy. I mean, that's they would have to pay him a max deal. I would do that. Yeah, you would. I would do that. <laughs> the Sixers aren't doing that. With the that's cap, gonna cut into their bottom with line. With the cap, I see. I don't think so. I think that the Sixers are gonna spend money to cut this into their year? bottom line. No, I think next year. I think this year they're gonna try and draft and develop. So I you're think saying the, Sixers fans, all those thirteen thousand people who just bought season tickets. No, it's another year. No, I actually, not spend I actually money. think that you're gonna see young players developing on the court, and I think they're gonna get a veteran, more veteran player that's a star salary the following year. I wouldn't Kyle be, Lowry. See, I wouldn't bring in a Kyle Lowry unless you figure out what you're doing with your point guard. Because if Ben Simmons is your point, then what's Kyle Lowry doing? That's why it doesn't make sense. And so it's a question of what veterans do you bring in? To me, it's not about the salary they're going to pay them now. It's what's the fit with this team? What's the piece that works? No, Clay, you're right. Clay Thompson would be a great... He's a shooting guard. I want a shooter on the wing that won't clog the he's middle. He's not coming here, though. I would call them tomorrow. And offer something for them. Would you offer the third pick? No, I would not. Why not? Because because you're so sure that 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 third pick's going to work out as a star. No, I'm not at all. Actually, well, so how I, old, how old? I would st- I would start with a different offer for them than this year's third. And what pick. if they say we no, have four, we're, we're have, not picking up the phone? We again have until four you offer the first third round pick. picks in the next two years. Right. I would try to get a different. I would try and move one of those as opposed to having no pick this year. I still think you need to get another player to develop in this rotation. Thompson could be good, and, and maybe that's how it has to work. I, would, I wouldn't I would say no flat out. I would consider it, but I would try to make other offers first I'd do it. before I do that. Yeah, uh, I would do it too. So despite all the blowouts, ratings are up. Sure, yeah. Ratings are up for the playoffs, up 4% yeah. this year. I don't get it. I don't I really get it either. Don't. Because be, unless they're only taking ratings at the beginning of a game, I don't get it either. <laughs> because Guys, only, by halftime, only a couple minutes left. Let's talk about something briefly that wasn't um, quite as good or exciting or anything. Uh, LeBron James's house was vandalized with uh, some racist graffiti. Um, was his, his house wasn't broken his house? Into. And, no, it wasn't broken no. into. It, it was, was vandalized on the outside. outside gate, Somebody right? spray painted the gate, and um, it seems like he's trying to use the platform to raise awareness to the issue out there. I think that is about as good of a response as you can have to what was done to him. And I think it's unfortunate that that became the backdrop to the start of the series. It, it's terrible. And, but it, but it, he, the way he handled it and the things that he said, they're all accurate. And, and they made a point. And he really, I think it, as, as he gets older, I never liked LeBron James. But but as he gets older, I noticed that, that he can be a community leader. Did you not like him because... Because of his talent, or because I think I a lot of people him. didn't like him because of the, the the decision. Yes, but if you look at the type of player that he is, or anything like that, right? He is the type of player that you would want on your team. He's a good, 
community leader. I mean, those types of things. Yeah, I just I just felt that whole the, the decision was ridiculous. But as but as a as far as a person goes, he's handled this incredibly well. It's something that nobody should ever have to put up with. And no, they I agree. I agree. they shouldn't at all. It, it, and it's not the the last time or the first time that's happened. I mean, we had it happen with Adam Jones a few weeks ago, but mm-hmm. it does go to show you the platform that he has. He held a press conference in which he mentioned Emmett Till in the context of what happened. Yeah. Google searches rose 1900% after he did that. Mm-hmm. So it goes to show you the platform that these athletes have when they raise issues to really educate people and bring awareness to a history that they may not be aware of. So sometimes we look at the incident and what happened but you can only hope that it becomes something where people get a little bit more educated on the history and what's going on there. Uh, you guys watching the NHL playoffs? Yes. Yep. yep. Uh, so Nashville's down to nothing. Right. Uh, would you pay thirteen hundred dollars for a ticket to go to Game Three? No. no. But I might. That doesn't I, mean I, I don't want to see it, though. I might pay thirteen hundred dollars for the Super Bowl, but not for a playoff. So game. not the uh, NBA not finals. NHL, not the NHL not, finals, no. but the Super Bowl. Yes. Okay. What about if it was well, a game one seven? Game what about if it was a seven. game seven NHL finals? That's a one game no, no, for can, it all. I could, I could watch it on television. You could buy a really nice television and a couch and right. sit yes, there right. and watch it. Exactly. <laughs> I got my producers both behind the glass going with, with same thing with you, Jeff, that they could buy a TV for close to that <laughs> amount of money. You, you could do anything. You could project it on the side of a house if you wanted to for that much money and right. be fine. You'd have well, a party. The, but the hockey games are great. I mean, you don't, you don't have to light like the Pittsburgh Penguins, but watching these guys play, what Bonino did the other night where he he just laid out in front of a puck and then literally couldn't put weight on his leg, and then all of a sudden they come back from uh, the intermission and he's out there skating again. It it really is unbelievable. And the game the other night, I mean, the game one was fascinating because Pittsburgh was up 3-0, then all of a sudden, Pittsburgh couldn't take a shot to save their life. They didn't have they a shot none. in the second period. They didn't have a shot for 37 minutes in the game. Right, and then they, they were t- resting. They were tied three-three after Nashville came back, and 37 minutes later, they had a shot to take the lead four-three and ended up winning the game. And then in game two, they tried to make it like an NBA playoff and blow out the game. Right. Well, that ended was up a, that being was a closer. Game. That was ended a close being, game. Yeah. Ended up becoming closer. Look, I think Nashville got screwed though. I mean, they they had a shot that was clearly a goal. They got and, called and, off. And they the called it off because of offside. They showed that replay over and replays. over and over again, and you cannot tell. I hate those replays. You, you can't yeah. see the angle. Look, the, the the loss of game one does isn't a good sign for Nashville, though. Uh, in best of seven series, team that's won game one has gone on to win 78% of the series there, including the last five. Uh, people questioned what the ratings would be with these two playoff teams in the matchup. Uh, it was actually the second most watched game two since 2002 on the mm-hmm. NHL right, network. Yeah. It set an NHL record for a digital audience with an average minute audience of 97,000 viewers wow. for is digital. It, is this just U.S. or is this Canada? Hey, eh? uh, I don't know. I I can't because if it's Canada, th- I can't. I would. I can't help you there. Right. Uh, 3.2 million viewers though, uh, up 27 percent from last year's final between the Penguins and the Sharks. So the NHL's got to be happy with that. Yeah, sure. Guys, they've been great games. Guys, got a minute and a half left. What else, what else is going on Sports World? Final comments that you guys have before we take it into the weekend. Jeff Rutberg, you want to take it first? I want to see the Phillies make some moves. There was talk about uh, the Phillies when they go out on the road after these three games, uh, and then they'll make the moves um, out of town. All right, so you want to see moves made. Jeff Cohen, <laughs> yes. what do you want to see? 
I just want to see good sports. I want to see. Uh, and, and we just, this this particular week has been seven days of not good events. And next week, I'm hoping for better events. I am hoping that we have more to talk about when we join everybody next week. Thank you to our producers behind the glass, Brett and Ben, for both jumping in. Thank you to everybody for joining us for your car ride home. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.